Coming directly from the horseshoe crab capital of the world. Get a leg up and get ready for the hydrant. And now, a man who has a permanent address at the seventh circle of hell, your host, Jim Cooper. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the hydrant. With me this time is Paul Schmidt, and Paul Schmidt is the curator of the VO Freedom Master Plan, among other things. And you can grab him at paulschmidtvoice.com for his voiceover services or at paulschmidtpro.com for the master plan and, and other services. Paul's done some some strange things that uh, kind of run the gamut <laughs> of of this voiceover industry. He started acting at age six, playing God, which he felt was typecasting, and he's been doing it ever since. We try to talk him off the ledge every so often. That's why I'm but not married anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I just I saved you the it. trouble. I yeah. thought it, but I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> That's Paul's, right. My ex-wife would tell you the same thing. <laughs> Paul's done musical theater. He was in Baltimore in the 80s doing Man of La Mancha, Grease, and Pippin. And I take this off his website. He played the underwear-clad male model Surge in Nikki Silver's farce, The Food Chain, which is an unreal play. He's done radio broadcasting at 98 Rock in Baltimore and WRDX in Wilmington. But the thing that that intrigues me, and we're going to talk a little about this, is that he owned and operated Christina's Comedy Zone at the Dover Downs Hotel and Casino, which won Best Comedy Club in, from Delaware Today magazine. That uh, we're going to we're going to talk about that because that's that's outrageous. Anything you um, want. He's also, unfortunately, a Baltimore Orioles fan. For better is, or for worse, mostly worst. Along with a Richmond Flying Squirrels baseball fan, which is a Giants farm club who also needs to do some rebuilding. Yes, they do. But fortunately, he's a Ravens fan and they're doing well this year. So at the moment. Yes, good. at the moment. We'll, we'll see what the second half brings. <laughs> Welcome to the show officially. Thank you. Thanks, for doing Jim. This. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate this. Uh, this uh, I've been looking forward to this. Let's talk about this. Did you just wake up one day and decide... Hey, I think I'm going to own a comedy club. And if that was the case, why Dover Downs? So this is a little bit of a long and whiny story. I'll try and keep it short. Uh, I had been doing stand-up and uh, was not all that successful at it, but I was really interested in sort of, you know, seeing the other comics too, right? Seeing what talent was out there. Right. And I had this long-running bar gig i was on the air uh in wilmington and i had this long running bar gig in dover that i would do every thursday nights and i'd go down and i'd be the fun and games guy from the radio and we you know i'd do the breaks between the karaoke and blah 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 and i thought you know what i bet you we could do comedy here so the owner was a friend of mine at the time and we started producing comedy shows at this place and then from there we decided hmm wonder if we could do this on an ongoing basis and not tank his entire live entertainment, you know, things. So we went, uh, there's a Sheraton down the street. We approached the Sheraton. We ran about six months at the Sheraton and decided to, uh, to sort of call it a day after that. And we, uh, we went our separate ways. Well, about six months later, Dover Downs Hotel and Casino called me and said, Hey, would you be interested in opening, uh, the club again? 
And I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so we did at Dover Downs Hotel and Casino for, we were in business oh, but just about three, three and a half years. And right. uh, we had everybody from, from Grandma Lee to, uh, you know, they weren't A-list comics because our room only held, you know, so many people. Right. Uh, but Grandma Lee from Last Comic Standing, she did several shows with us. God rest her soul, she's passed away now. But that's how the comedy club came to be. Wow. That's, and I relate to it so much because Dover Downs is about 30 minutes up the road from exactly. where I currently live. So yep. that, that resonated with me. From a VO perspective, you are just all about getting people into this business to do things the right way. I mean, the VO Freedom Master Plan is just, you know, a great step-by-step process, as you call it, for growing relationships at scale to get people to do this. And it's the whole marketing thing. And that seems to be your really passionate focus these days. Yeah, for two reasons. One, yeah, I just, last couple of weeks ago, I just did a video about how voiceover literally saved my mental health, right? Mm. I, I was in a pretty dark spot at one point. And uh, had been doing voiceover for years and as a side hustle and, and all of that and decided I, you know, wanted to make a run at, uh, you know, could I change my career? Because I absolutely hated what I was doing at the time. And I loved this work. Right. And it was a, like it, it took me, I don't know how long, Jim, years to go. Holy mackerel, this brings you joy. You should do this. But I, th- I think for a long time, I didn't believe it was possible because I made a run at VO 25 years ago. But 25 years ago, you had to have an agent and you had to be mostly a in a bigger game, market. Man. Yeah. yeah a and market. I crashed and burned. But when I realized that I could go after my own work and I had sales and marketing background, that's when, I, you know, the, the gloves came off. I was like, oh, hell, it's on now. Right. And then I, I built a, a, a six-figure business in three years. I ended up going full-time very quickly. And, and the, the sense of self-satisfaction and accomplishment, when you build something from scratch that you know, employs you, supports yourself, supports your family, uh, and you have a fair a modicum of control over that, it's, it's an amazing feeling. And I was noticing people... On the internet, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, right? We were losing good people in this business. Students in my program have heard me say this a thousand times. When I say good people, I don't mean just any chucklehead on Fiverr with a USB mic. I mean people that put in the time, that put in the effort, that got trained, right? That tried to do this the right way and were not lazy and unmotivated. But despite all of that, they had an incredible difficulty finding work. And they eventually just gave up and quit. And that breaks my heart because I feel like if you do all the things right, or at least try to do them right, and you're trained and you're talented and you're motivated and you put in the work, then you should be able to support your family doing this. And so many people aren't. And And then that survey came out about income and how much money people weren't making in VL. Yeah. Uh, 50% of us are making less than $8,000 a year. 75% of us are making less than 40 grand a year. And 75% of us are reaching out to market our services less than three times a day. And that tells me we're super passive about how we find our work, right? Right. And I get that, you know, it's, it's only been in the last 15 or 20 years that you can really go after your own work because now every company is a media company. And so that's new to a lot of especially actors, but it's also novel to people that don't have a history in the business. 
Plus, in this day and age when everyone is a voice artist and feel they can they can make money with all these, as you say, yeah. chuckleheads that are out there saying, hey, you can make money in your spare time and, and I can teach you how to do this in five minutes. Sure. Eh, wrong. Yeah. You can make a six figure income in voiceover, right? Well, you can, but it's not like you flip a switch. It takes years of work to get right. there. Right. right. They um, tend to uh, not mention that fact. That, yeah. You know, <laughs> takes yeah. Years. And even look, people will tell you, look, you can make six, six figures on Fiverr. And yes, you can. But that also takes years. Work. And in the process can, if you want to become a pro and do pro level work with ad agencies and national clients and things like that, it can damage your career. Right. So, but it still takes years to get really good at anything. Right? Because the one thing forget. no one mentions, this is a relationship business. And that's what really takes the longest time to foster those relationships, you know, before things really start clicking. Yeah. And everybody thinks, well, I'm going to hop on this site or that site. And it's just going to, you know, people have the same, uh, I think, view of agents, right? If I could just get that right agent. Right. Well, here's the thing. You get that right agent. If that agent is really good, what they're going to provide you is much, much better auditions. And those much better auditions are much, much more competitive, right? You still have to book. The agent's just going to open better doors for you. You right. still have to have the chops. And that, that goes back to your training and, and the time and the effort you put in to get good. Right. And, and that is that is a conception that even I had, you know, at first was like, oh, if I can get an agent, they're just going to pass me work. And it's like, well, no, they're not. They're going to pass a lot of people a chance at an audition. And if you're good enough and if the client likes you, you'll get the work. But uh, so, yeah, that's that's that was a, a thing that I had to wake up to as well. It's like, yeah. oh, OK, that makes sense. I get that now. Yep. Why wouldn't the agent do that? Absolutely. And, and good agents are worth their weight in gold. Right. And I'm right. super lucky to be who I'm with. And, and they pass me some great opportunities and I've booked some great opportunities through them. But, you know, the bread and butter is work that I find on my own. Right. That's right. where I control my own destiny. Well, if you want to take part of all this, go to paulschmidtpro.com and I can personally vouch for the VO Freedom Master Plan and it will really get your uh, marketing and job game running. So do it if you have any uh, doubts about it. Well, I appreciate that, Jim. And, and you're one of the, the, the stalwarts of our community. And uh, that community, uh, there are three elements to the program. There's the curriculum, the community, and then the coaching calls that we do every Thursday. And, you know, I tell people this all the time. Everybody assumes that the most important element is the curriculum. And while it's important, yes, if people struggle with it and they can't get their questions answered and they don't have any support or help or accountability, then it sits on the shelf and it does no one any good and they end up quitting. And by the way, you remember the reason I got into this business? So people don't quit, right? So it makes no sense to have a system where people aren't supported and mentored and, and included and accountable. Uh, and I can't do that all by myself. So we rely on the community and, and you're one of the people that makes that community run. And I'm super grateful. And it's, it's, it's great to get together with everyone. And I know I've got a place to go that if something is, is not right, or I have a question about something, there is a place and a group to go to. So it's, it's a wonderful experience and I appreciate you taking the time to put it out there. Well, thanks. And and I think one of the things that that makes that unique is, look, I'm not always the one giving the answers, right? Because you've right. got you've got dozens of other people in the community who everybody's experience is a little bit different. So you get a number of different voices. 
but you know we're all making the same transition at the same time so it's not so disparate that it's it becomes confusing right right all right let me ask you some of these ridiculous questions please do i love those (laughs) and we'll see where this takes us and we may regret it but that's okay what advice would you give yourself at age 15 oh be comfortable with yourself uh make good decisions that make you a a good person somebody that you can trust right because i i think for a long time starting when i was about 13 or 14 and and heading all the way up into my 40s and 50s i did not trust myself and i had to learn over time and through life handing me my ass occasionally that i had to make good choices and build up my own self trust and having that to me has changed pretty much my entire life. What would you like to eat for your last meal? Wow. For my, and this is, this is rated PG, right? No, Um, it can be rated whatever you want it to be. (laughs) It's uh, because as you'll see one of the other questions coming up, we'll, we'll take it straight out of the PG 13. Fantastic. All right. I would say my favorite, probably ongoing food is some sort of seafood, either shrimp or sushi. Uh, or or good steamed Maryland crabs because I'm a Baltimore boy. For my last meal, man, my my last meal might might well have to be pureed. So, uh, <laughs> you know, because who knows what let's shape I'm going to be. Let's put reality aside for a okay. second. <laughs> okay, last meal. Good lord, maybe maybe a great surf and turf, like maybe a great Maryland crab cake uh, with a really fantastic steak. What song should play every time you walk into a room? <laughs> um, good Lord. What song should play every time I walk in the room? I'm completely blanking on this. I'm going to say uh, maybe maybe White Snake, Here I Go Again, uh, because most of the time I'm walking back into the room to try and figure out why I was there in the first place. Keys, wallet, hold on. Wait a minute. I was washing the dishes. I was thinking about the dog. Hold on. It'll come to me. So maybe it's Here I Go Again. what pizza topping best represents you best represents me i think probably pineapple and the reason is people either love pineapple on their pizza or they hate it and i can be a little bit polarizing i think at at times (laughs) so i'll go with pineapple what looney tunes character best represents you oh man i it used to be yosemite sam Right. Uh, always a little bit pissed off. Right. Irritable. Easy to easy to, you know, to, to, to flip that temper. Um, and I, I talked about this in one of my YouTube videos about a year and a half ago. I was diagnosed with anxiety and never. I mean, I knew something wasn't right for my entire life, but I didn't. I always thought it was just, oh, I'm an irritable person. Right. I have a short temper, this and that and the other thing. And it turns out it was anxiety. And I started treatment. And a week later. I was the person I always knew I could be, right. but didn't have the ability before. So used to be Yosemite Sam, probably now because of my height, I'll say Tweety Bird. <laughs> and I don't think... I'm not a big guy. If, if, if I remember correctly, I don't think we've had either one of those characters mentioned before. No? So that's good. I like originality. <laughs> I do. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Ooh, man. I'm not sure this is the the right answer, but I would hope it would be Tom Hanks. 
right? I could see that actually. That Man. would actually I I could go for that. I uh I think he's our greatest living actor. I think there's an approachability about him that is just unparalleled. He's the modern day Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Right, to me. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You know, just 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 uh, as relatable as it gets. I've seen him turn in one mediocre performance in my life, and that was in the latest movie, Elvis. I didn't think yeah, it was that great. Yeah. Everything else I've ever seen him in, he's been spectacular. So see, and everyone else points to Volunteers, which I loved. I've never seen it. It's 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 Volunteers. got all, all sorts of flaws in it. John Candy's in it, and he's completely wasted and stupid. But there are so many <laughs> funny moments with Tom Hanks and Getty Watanabe, who was a big actor in the, in the 80s. And it's just, you know, it's an absolutely stupid, goofy movie, but I loved it. And I watch it every so often. Those, two are my, the, those are two of my most uh, prized characteristics in a movie, is stupid and goofy. Yeah, this, this will be right up your alley. Nice. Okay, here's to uh, what I was referring to before. What's your favorite curse word? Oh, the big one. Fuck. Absolutely. Uh, because it's so versatile, right? Noun, adjective, verb, you name it. And and it can also be said, you know, it, with almost any emotion. It can be said angrily, uh, lovingly, sweetly, you name it. It's just, it's the all-purpose uh, word. Grandma Lee, who I mentioned before, she said her favorite phrase in the English language is, fuck you, you fucking fuck. <laughs> And I think and it was Ben Henry that. that said, you can have an entire conversation with just that word. Yeah, probably could. Yeah. What food will you absolutely not under any circumstances eat? There are two. Peas. And, well, under any circumstances, if they're still in the pod, I can choke them down. Right? Like sugar snap peas. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one is lima beans. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There. yeah. Outside of that, I, I like to eat. All right, I'm going to give you two things, and okay. you tell me what your your preference is in these pairs of things. Okay. Beatles or Rolling Stones? God, hold a gun to my head, why don't you? Um, I'm going to say, wow, that's really difficult. I'm going to say Beatles, but it's so close. Right, and a lot of people so have close. said it depends on the situation. It, it does. go either way. So. Context, everything else. Yeah. Passenger or driver? Driver, all Gee, day, I'm every surprised. day. Gee, I, well, I am surprised. And I gotta gotta queasy like if I'm not driving, there's a pretty good chance I'm getting car sick. Okay. Toilet paper over or under? Over. But I'm not a cat owner. I think if I were a cat owner, I'd have to go under. Right. That's usually how it goes. There's a great picture of my son. We were still in Rochester. He was about three years old, and I walk into the bathroom, and he's sitting on the pot. And his pants are down around his ankles and the entire roll is unrolled right at his feet. And he's just got the sweetest little angelic look on his face. Uh, it's something to do while you're sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> just, I think he's I part guess. cat, too. <laughs> Bewitched or I dream of Jeannie? Whoa, dude, you give the toughest questions. Wow. I dream of Jeannie, but close. Reese's Cup or Milky Way? Reese's Cup. I, well, I was just going to say, I do love a good Milky Way, but I'm, man, I, I, I write bad checks for, for Reese's Cups. Would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? So reading to myself or speaking, I right. would, well, God, I need both to do the job, right? Oof. 
I think not my eyesight, just my ability to read, right? Right. I would go with ability to read. I would rather lose that than the ability to speak. Would you rather give up your cell phone for a month or give up bathing for a month? Bathing. Because face it, I work alone. <laughs> you know, if I have to stay here for a month and to not offend people, but I still, I still get to to cruise on my phone. I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, that was. You know what that was? That was that was March 2020. Is what that was. <laughs> you know, and the question really, really doesn't have any value anymore because of that. Because That's true. <laughs> yeah, I think all of us went at least a month at some point, and if you didn't, I don't trust you. <laughs> have to rethink that one. Yeah. Would you rather have telekinesis, the ability to move things with your mind, or right. telepathy, the ability to read minds? <sighs> telepathy, definitely. That's a much more powerful tool, I think. Would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line again? Wow. I'd have to go with never have to stand in line again. I can deal with traffic lights. But man, I wouldn't wait in line to watch Christ walk across the water and Jim Morrison open for him. You know, uh, I hate to wait. I just hate to wait. <laughs> I've never heard that before. And it is perfect. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you oh, know, wow. If there's a wait in a restaurant, I'll, I'll eat, I'll eat uh, off the front steps. I don't care. But I, especially when I'm hungry, I got to eat now. So I, I don't like to wait. I'm not a patient man. I'm working on it, but I'm not a patient man. Would you rather have unlimited international first class plane tickets or never have to pay for food at restaurants? Never have to pay for food at restaurants. I'm I'm okay. I'm like I'm five seven and change, so I'm okay in coach. I don't know how normal size people do it, right? You how tall are you? Six you're like foot. six. I was gonna say yeah. you're six, six one. Uh, yeah, I'd have to fold myself in half just to get in coach, uh, which is why when I go to New York, I take the train because you got more, more leg room, right. but yeah, I would, I would much rather, what was the other choice? I don't even remember now. Pay for food at restaurants. I, if I could never cook or even have a kitchen in my house ever again, I'd be fine with that. I love to eat out. Would you rather have whatever you are thinking appear above your head in a bubble for everyone to see oh, sweet or Jesus, no. have absolutely everything you do be live streamed for everyone to see. Man, I don't know where you came up with these, but these are brilliant questions. I would say I would probably have everything I do live streamed. Yeah. Seems yeah. to be the general consensus. Yeah. Cause <laughs> There's some shit going on up in here on occasion that nobody should ever be privy to ever. Like I understand I, you know, that completely. I horrify myself, you know, on a pretty regular basis. So if someone is out there and they just haven't found their passion yet, what one piece of advice would you give to them to say, you know, here's the way, it happened to me, what would you tell them? Oh, my God. Uh, especially when you're younger, but this is true throughout life. Sample. Try stuff. 
right? That's the only way you're going to find what lights you up. And this is what drives me a little bit nuts about like not even higher education, right? We start kids in middle school and high school now pushing them to try and figure out what they want to be for the rest of their life. I didn't get there until I was in my late forties, right? <laughs> and, and, and when you lock on to one thing, we also in this culture preach that you should do that to the exclusion of all else, right? Mm. Um, which I think is dangerous. We do it in sports for kids. We do it in academia for kids. Let them sample around, right? Don't push them into a major as quickly as you do because it's with the sampling where we find out what really lights us on fire, right? The more you sample around and the more you try to find that which lights you up, the better success I think you're going to have. Right. So and life, it's got to be, it's got to be a sampler. And there's going to be those, those, kids and those people that that know that get it that just are you know anointed to say here's here's what you're going to do and they they dig it and they love it and that's it yeah but for the the bulk of us that had no clue what they were going to do and you know absolutely sample my my resume looks like a shoots and ladders game gone berserk it's yeah all over the place yeah yeah and and you know in my case all that stuff well not all of it but but a large portion of it came in handy for this, for voiceover, right? Like I always lamented my meandering, wandering, aimless career. And one day I was standing behind the love seat and went, holy crap, web design, uh, audio production, uh, sales and marketing. Uh, holy crap. I got a number of different skill sets that maybe helped me make a run at this voiceover thing. Right. And, and so together. I would, yeah. But had it, had my career not meandered as it did, I wouldn't have been in nearly as good a shape to do what I do now. So, right. you know, right. but, but I also had to sample what I do now. I had to try that too. Yep. And, and it like, and, and it really lit me up. We have this debate, Jim, in our family a lot because my ex, my son's mom, who I'm very close to, and we get along great now, she has known what she has does for, you know, wanted to do for a, a living since she was eight years old. Right. right. And as I just mentioned, I was well into my forties, almost 50 before I figured it out. And so my son gets both, he gets to see both of those at work and there's not one right or wrong way. Right. But if you're not, as you said, lucky enough to, to be hit with that epiphany at eight or 10 or 15, then you need to find it. And the only way you find it is to look. Right. Right. I mean, one of my, one of my best friends in high school said, I'm going to be a lawyer. And he just recently retired as a federal circuit court judge. So, you know, he knew way back when, and he yeah. stayed on that path. So which the rest of us get envious about from time to time. Sure. And I'm sure they get envious of us too, right? right. Because we have a variety, uh, sometimes for better or for worse, that maybe they're missing. My, my best friend from high school has had exactly one employer, the federal government, for mm -hmm. the last 35 years, right? And sometimes he yearns for the, for the lack of monotony, right. right? So the grass is always greener, as they say. Yep. Thank you for doing this. Dude, thank you for asking me. Uh, <laughs> I have enjoyed so much of the last, I guess we've known each other, what, about seven months now or yeah. so? And uh, the more I learn about you, the more I, I like you. We got to spend some time in real life together at Mavo a few weeks ago. Right. And, um, and it was one of the highlights of the trip for me, man. I got a lot of respect for what you do and how you do it and how you keep up the grind every day. 
And you're exactly the kind of person that, you know, I want to hold up to other people and say, look, do it like Jim and you're going to be fine. <laughs> right. And all of this is is all Everett Oliver's fault anyway. Because he, <laughs> he's the one that said, you need to go talk to Paul Schmidt. So. <laughs> Anytime we can work in a dig on Everett, Everett. Uh, is always is always a good day. He was at Mavo with us, too. Right. Uh, a few so. weeks ago. And one of my favorite people in the world. And if you are looking for a video game or animation coach, there simply is no one better, better than Everett Oliver. Right. Yep. And, yep. and those words are not mine. They originally came from Dave Fenoy. And when I heard that come oh, out yes. of his mouth, I hired Everett the next day. Right. 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 Yeah. Again, thank you for doing this. If you want to learn more about Paul, go to paulschmidtpro.com to learn more about the VO Freedom Master Plan. And, of course, paulschmidtvoice.com for his voiceover services. An enormous thank you to my announcer, Allison Steele. And you can avail yourself of her coaching and voiceover services at allisonsteele.com. Please, no rebroadcast without permission. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next time on The Hydrant. <laughs>